struggling today. This is my third intro. Let's see if the third time's a charm. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today, the best episode ever. It's Tuesday, April 24th. I'm Adam with Heath and Chris. And the first two times I just went on talking a little bit too much and I ran into trouble. So I'm going to stop talking now and turn it over to Team Creed. Hi, Team Adam, Creed. Adam, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Wait, are we going to stick with this one? We're sticking with it. This that, one's that good. One, that one was good? <laughs> this one's good. Well, it's okay. better. It's better. Uh, it's all, it, good is a relative term here on Fantasy Baseball today. Let me tell I the thought listeners. it was great, Adam. Thank you, sweetie. Let me tell the listeners uh, what's coming up. Of course, we will talk about Walker Bueller. How much fab you should use on Walker Bueller if he's available. He's 58% owned. We got a couple of middle infielders who are they breaking out? I will ask you and you will tell me. Kevin Gosman pitched an immaculate inning. We'll tell you what that's all about. Um, yeah, we'll go over yesterday. Tyler Skaggs. Most people sat him, including me in three leagues. Oops. Some deep league targets and a segment called It's April 24th and wouldn't you know? And then I'll tell you some interesting things. Also, Heath and Chris and the listeners are going to tell us what they have been surprised by thus far in the season, and we are going to be fantasy regulators today. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of Oh, hey, property. come on. It's supposed to be the instrumental. What happened here? <laughs> well, anyway, that was Mount up. Yeah, we are, are going to over? mount up Are we later. starting over again? No, we're not. We're good. And, um, yeah, so we've got uh, some shenanigans going on in some leagues, and we are going to get regulate. Let's start with... Walker Bueller's day off. Yesterday he pitched, so today is Walker Bueller's day off, and he's 58% owned. And something tells me that Chris Towers was not super impressed yesterday. I, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to besmirch the guy. He was fine. I just, you expect more from a top prospect with that kind of stuff against a team like the Marlins. He wasn't bad. He just, he didn't blow me away. That was his first start of his major league career, and he didn't give up any runs. Right. He's pretty good. Five innings, four hits, no runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. One thing I forgot to look up. Did he have two of the walks in the first inning or just one? Do you remember? I, will... I was watching, but I can't remember. I, I He had a base runner in the first inning. We now, I think he two. gave up two hits, actually, in the first two innings. But okay. to be clear, it doesn't really – we're talking about fab for Walker Bueller, and the answer is probably just no. Like, I think he pitches on Saturday in a doubleheader, maybe, hopefully. And then we don't see him again for a while. So I'm, I hope that you picked him up and used him as a two-start pitcher this week. I think he will be one now. It went great for, in terms of great success, but it's not, it's not meaningful. Okay. So what do you think about the ownership then? 58%. And, and like, okay, I, I understand Bueller's going to be called, uh, sent down, but this is also a, a rotation that has Rich Hill in it. He's already hurt. He's coming back, but he's already hurt. Clayton Kershaw in it. Unfortunately, he's gotten hurt. Uh, consecutive years, um, and you know how the you know how the Dodgers use their DL and use their starting pitcher. So it's not like Bueller's not coming back this year. Oh, he'll make he'll make appearances, and we'll pick him up for those starts. I he it's not a guy I don't think that has really much of any chance of throwing a hundred innings in the major leagues this year. He threw ninety seven innings in, at all levels last year, and I believe that's the most he's. Threw. Oh yeah, he threw. Well, like he's five only in his third professional before. season. Yeah, he barely he barely pitched in two thousand sixteen. So that was something that did hold me back a little bit from Bueller. He does walk a lot of batters, and there will be an innings restriction for sure. And I think when you combine the two, you might get a guy who doesn't go that deep into games. I don't believe he's ever at any level tops ninety pitches or six innings. So 58%, too high, too low, or is that porridge just right? It's fine for this week. Yeah, 
Okay. You're going to drop him probably on Sunday. All right, it's time for the breakout alert. Tell me if you think these guys are breaking out. Uh, it is really early to be saying it, but we're seeing some good signs. Yoan Moncada, who's batting three forty eight with three homers and three steals in his last six games, also two doubles and a triple. And Miguel Andujar, 66% owned, and he had, in his previous six games, he was 13 for 24 with two homers and seven doubles. Andujar doubled and homered last night against the Twins. So now he is the third Yankee, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, to ever have seven straight games with an extra base hit before turning 24 years old. The other two were Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. So Miguel Andujar is now the third best Yankee of all time. Are we seeing breakouts from Moncada and Andujar? Yes for Moncada, but I think we're probably just going to have to live with him being a low batting average guy. He's probably – the weird thing is he doesn't swing and miss all that often, but that's because he doesn't swing all that often. Um, he actually has good plate discipline. He walks a lot. He doesn't swing at pitches out of the strike zone. He just doesn't make contact on pitches in the strike zone very often. But when he does, he hits the ball hard and it goes a long way. So you're probably just going to have to live with a bad batting average and, you know, take the potential for 30-30. Like he could be like a superstar version of Marcus Simeon, which sounds sort of like a backhanded compliment, but I don't mean it to be. Yeah. And I don't like Miguel Andujar and Duhar. Duhar. Andujar has what just, what are you doing? Andujar. And Duhar. Say the guy's name. It's well, you gotta say you gotta say the do. Yeah, that's his name. Duhar. Just say his name. <laughs> and Duhar. And Duhar. Uh I don't like we don't have to live with a low betting average from him. He has never had any strikeout problems at all at any level in the minor leagues. He's not striking out early on in the majors, and maybe that gets a little bit worse, but he's making excellent contact. And I know there's the whole Brandon Drury, Greg Bird. Neil Walker, whoever else you want to throw in the mix problem. It doesn't matter if he's hitting the ball like this. It probably doesn't. He, he's not good defensively. Seems to be getting a little bit better, but that is something to keep in mind with Andujar, which might keep him out of the order, I don't know, like one out of five games or something. Um, but, yeah, 66% owned. So now it comes to the point of, like, which third baseman are you willing to drop for for Andujar? Would you drop um, Solarte for Andujar? Sure. Yeah. Would you rather have Beltre or Andujar? Beltre. Beltre. Davidson or Andujar? I'll I'll drop Davidson for him. Yeah, I will too. Michael Franco. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard <laughs> for me. That's really hard for me. I don't think he's done anything outside of that Marlins. No, has he, he really hasn't. He really hasn't. He built a lot of his value on on two games, basically one game where he hit a grand slam. That's Franco we're talking about. Um, finally. Kyle Seeger or Miguel Andujar? Kyle Seeger. Okay. Right. You know, Seeger is one of those guys that I really never have any idea what he's doing. He just flies so far under the radar. You know who I was having that thought about yesterday? Me? Have we mentioned the name Nolan Arenado this season? Uh, yeah, when he punched someone. <laughs> okay, beyond that. Um, yeah, Kyle Seeger hasn't done anything this year, but he's he's good. You know what, Chris? You know who I was having that thought about was Cody Bellinger. We like have basically well, but that like Cody Bellinger's not having a good season so far. I know. Nolan Arenado is basically doing Nolan Arenado things, and we and because it's so early in the season, we tend to just focus on the guys who are doing really, really well. And Nolan Arenado is just kind of like just just rolling along. 
Yeah, I, I sort of uh, mentioned it last week, and it still holds true. The the first round hitters have been great. I I can't think of one that hasn't been great. Stanton has. I'm gonna great. I'm gonna update my rankings in a roto league. I might drop Seager for Andujar. All right, it's pretty big. It's pretty big because you know Seager's probably gonna hit 27 home runs or so. He's gonna have a good year. Yeah, my thing with Miguel Andujar is just looking at the minor league track record. He's hit for some power early on this season, but. I think he's probably more like a Yuli Gurriel type, and I'd rather have Cal Seager. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. He had 54 extra base hits last year, and there are at least two of the parks within the Yankees system that are not very hitter friendly. How much does minor league track record matter when it comes to home runs? Because, you know, you're, it's a good, MLB is a good home run environment, but also these minor leaguers, they're young. You know, they're, they're 20 years old or whatever. They're, they're growing into their bodies. Don't you expect them to hit for more power when they get to the big leagues if they're good? Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but they're all like, yes, they're young. Yes, they're growing into their, their bodies. Mm-hmm. They're also facing pitchers who are growing into their bodies. So like those, it, it's not like they're growing into their bodies and facing, you know, major league pitching so i think that stuff tends to balance out there's no perfect translation from the minors to the majors but generally speaking skills that you show in the minors are the ones that you show in the majors you can develop some but like okay miguel and duhar had 54 extra base hits last season in triple a kyle seager had 61 in the majors yeah Andujar only played 125 games right so he might have gotten there with 155 or whatever yeah, probably would have okay um, Miguel Andujar or SeatGeek? SeatGeek, for sure. You want to take that, Chris? No, I'm good, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Alright, yes, yeah, SeatGeek is the answer, everybody. In fact, I got another, I think I got two emails yesterday from listeners who are using the SeatGeek app, so that is exciting. And buying tickets can be complicated, it can be confusing. If you are frustrated buying tickets to sports, to concerts, to comedy, for theater, do what I do and use the SeatGeek app, the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every type of live events. If you're looking for a last minute deal, if you're planning a night out with friends, if you're looking for a gift actually, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices and it's fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I have used, oh man, I can't even list all the things that I've used the SeatGeek app for. Yankees games, Hurricanes games, a Giants game, the U2 concert, the Foo Fighters concert, so many, so many different events that I have used SeatGeek for, and it is the first place I check when I am looking for tickets. And I'm giving you 20 bucks. I am handing you $20, sort of. If you download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY, you will get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, the promo code is FANTASY. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, let's go through Adam, the... Yes. Adam, can yes. I share two things with you? Is it about who just called you? Yes. Okay, yes. Um, so my, my sister-in-law is about to give birth. She's hey. scheduled for a C-section tomorrow. So, you know, my, my wife called me. I figure that might be what it is. So I text her back. Podcasting. Everything okay? Yeah, I just ran into a hedge while walking and needed to tell someone. <laughs> that is my wife. And also, you might be disappointed in me. I'm skipping the Foo Fighters concert on Thursday oh, night no. in South Florida. No. Because I'm going to see the Avengers. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That is the what? stupidest, you idiot. Go to the Foo Fighters concert. They are incredible. You want to see? I know they're really good. You want to see a real rock star? No, not, they're very good. Yeah, go. The Avengers. What is the event? the movie? The Avengers. The Infinity War. 
You mean the thing that you can see like any night in theaters? Well, yeah, but spoilers, man. Oh my god, yeah, that's a terrible call. I'm going to the just like all the other. I'm ones. going to the IMAX. Oh no way! Okay, well justified. So news and notes. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Gosman pitched an immaculate inning. That means three strikeouts on nine pitches. That is the 90th immaculate inning in MLB history. Congratulations, Kevin Gosman, who might be under own. We will talk about him. Byron Buxton expected back this weekend. Avi Garcia left with hamstring tightness. Christian Villanueva sat with hamstring tightness. Trey Mancini pinch hit. Joey Gallo and Scott Kingery have recently acquired outfield eligibility. Gallo and Kingery. Jose Bautista is expected to be called up soon to play third base for Atlanta. You guys are just looking at deep leagues for Bautista, right? Oh, I'll keep an eye on him. Okay. Uh, Cleveland signed outfielder Melky Cabrera. Uh, minor league deal. Eugenio Suarez is coming back soon. He's beginning a rehab assignment. He's he's crushing his timetable, Eugenio Suarez. Oh, also I want to talk about DL stashes a little bit later if we have time. A uh, couple closer notes. Not that there's any doubt that he's the closer, but Keenan Middleton is really pitching very well. He he struggled a bit yesterday to get the first two on, but got out of the jam with two strikeouts and then a good play by his catcher to throw out Gurriel at third. But he pitched in three straight games. So uh, he has solidified himself. Keenan Middleton is 72% owned. And Josh Fields got a save for the Dodgers, assuming Kenley Jansen was just unavailable. I think he pitched Saturday and Sunday. So I think, you know, maybe that gives a little clarity if there is anything wrong with Kenley Jansen. If you're deciding between Fields and Baez, maybe this is a hint. Um, but right now it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with Jansen. Uh, just to tell you how quickly things can change in fantasy this early in the season. Jose Abreu entered yesterday as the number 13 first baseman in points leagues and number 15 in Roto. He is now fifth in points and fourth in Roto because he had two home runs, three RBIs, and three runs yesterday. That's how it happens. Uh, Delano DeShields, as of last check, he was like 61% owned. He stole two bases yesterday. NL only, Martin Prado is starting a rehab assignment. Who would you be more interested in, Prado or Bautista? Bautista. Yeah, Bautista. Okay, Brian Anderson has really cooled off, so I assume Prado. Would you assume Prado becomes their they, regular? They've third played base? Anderson in the outfield too. Uh, they've got plenty so. of places for everyone to play. Yeah. <laughs> not a roster crunch here. And congratulations, Jenny Kavnar, play-by-play for the uh, San Diego Colorado game. It's been a long time since we've had a female play-by-play uh, announcer on a baseball game on TV. Jenny Kavnar, well done, well done. All right, let's look at yesterday and then uh, sort of get into some of the themes of the season. But the three-man rotation, good starts from Masahiro Tanaka. Six and two-thirds, one run, five strikeouts against the Twins after two terrible starts in a row. Tanaka. Carlos Carrasco. Maybe he doesn't need the velocity. He's been really good. 4-0 and with a 231 ERA, but 28 strikeouts and 35 innings for Carrasco. And Garrett Cole, he has gone exactly seven innings in all five starts, and he leads baseball with 49 strikeouts. Um, and he sucked yesterday. He gave up two freaking runs against the Angels in seven innings and didn't and took the loss, I think. Yes. There goes my Cy Young pick. How about it? Tanaka, Carrasco, Garrett Cole, anything to say, guys? Uh Tanaka's good. Uh Carrasco is very good. Last two starts, he has fourteen strikeouts and fourteen and a third. So he did struggle with the strikeouts a little bit early in the year. I'm not worried at all about him. And I think his velocity is pretty much where it was last season on the whole. Is it? I thought it was still down. Is he throwing fewer fastballs this year? And by the way, he has not been pitching. Last year, or last episode that we talked about Carrasco last week, 
I said, well, maybe his velocity is down because he's pitching only from the stretch. And he's been doing that for years, apparently, or at least two, and I just never noticed. So my apologies. Uh, no, it, he's throwing his fastball about as often, and the velocity seems to be where it was, at least last April. Okay. All right, good. So he looks like, he looks great. Um, yeah, Tanaka is good. That was a dynamite drop in Monty, uh, from Chris. And, um, I mean, like, this there are a lot of people who are worried that Masahiro Tanaka is not good. I, I saw him dropped. Uh, what? someone said that he was dropped in one of their leagues. Don't do that. Yeah, like, I, he's, we haven't learned anything new about Masahiro Tanaka. That, that, when it comes to April, especially, you should only react if you learn something new. I saw Joey Gallo dropped in one of my leagues. We didn't learn anything new about Joey Gallo with his start to the season. We haven't learned anything new about Masahiro Tanaka. He's going to go through stretches where he gives up home runs. That's just going to be true. But he's going to get strikeouts. He's going to get wins on that team. He's going to be fine. Yeah. He is still in my top 20 starting pitchers. Ooh. So I, I think the only question with Tanaka is, is, is he going to be a guy that just has a bunch of terrible starts like he did last year? And if, if that's true... He's probably not going to be top 20. But He's probably going to be someone who's more useful than his end-of-season ranking indicates. And that makes sense. I yes. will I will still submit that I don't think he's going to have as many terrible starts as he did last year. I no, he'll he was, be better than he was last year. He was unlucky, and he's continued to be a little bit unlucky this year, but it's coming around. No, I was going to say, if, if he doesn't have those terrible starts as frequently, then he, then he probably will be top 20, Tanaka. All right, fringy starting pitchers, even though Fulton Evich is 85% owned. All the guys that pitch on Monday, their ownerships are usually a little higher than they will yeah. be next week because they're two-star pitchers. So um, I I think the ownership rates here are out of whack. You guys tell me if you agree. Fulton Evich is 85% owned. Uh, he has only had one quality start in five starts, but still has a 270-70 ERA. Jake Odorizzi is just, come on, he's over-owned, people. 79%? No. Kevin Gosman is 76% owned, and he apparently changed his delivery, picked up some velocity. This was like last week he changed his delivery. Tyler Skaggs, 68% owned, 37% started. As I said, on my bench in three leagues, seven scoreless innings against the Astros, only three strikeouts, but whatever. And he threw a career high, I believe, 21 change-ups, and it was working for him yesterday, Tyler Skaggs. Chris Stratton is off to a nice start this year. He's 60% owned. And then you have Harlan Garcia, 38% owned, and Mike Leak, 51% owned. I put those out of order, sorry. Most of these guys, like, they're all two-star pitchers this week, yeah. right? And so I have a hard time saying they're over-owned when they're a two-star pitcher, but Fulton Evich especially, I think he's, he should probably be, like, definitely below the top three in this list. He's he's just not that good. Well, Odorizzi, he's, I don't get the Odorizzi thing. 79%, and he's been like kind of high-owned all year. Yeah, there was some uh, evidence, I think, early in the year that maybe he was going to get a little bit better against uh, right-handed batters, and uh, that doesn't really look to be bearing out. Uh, there's just so many pitchers out there with upside that I don't know that... that like, Zach Wheeler's out there, even Walker Bueller. I don't know. Would you drop Odorizzi for Walker Bueller? Well, no, because Walker Bueller's not going to be in the major leagues next week. Yeah, but it's a stash. Yeah, I don't have, like, I might be able to do that with one roster spot, but most of my leagues I already have one guy that I'm doing that with, and I'd rather do it with them than Walker Bueller. Uh, is Kevin Gosman a guy who should be owned in like 90% of leagues? No. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the release point thing was, because maybe 
his velocity was down. I think he was the biggest velocity loser from this year to last year. Um, last April, at least. So, you know, he was down like two and a half miles per hour. So if he can get some of that back and his velocity was back up to about 94, 95 miles per hour last night, you know, I'll be more interested in him. He still has the same issues he always has, but it's easier to overcome some of those issues if you're throwing 95. Right. And, and he did, right. He put his hands up higher and, and, uh, it helped him. He, did, so. he threw a sl- splitter 30% of the time last night. That's a good sign. I'm not going to say that Kevin Gosman can't take a step to become something really good, but right now, what he looks like to me is exactly the type of pitcher that goes on and off of rosters, depending on who he's facing and how many starts yeah, he has that week. But I would rather have him than any of the guys on this list. What about Skaggs? What do you make of him? He's got a 296 ERA. The reason I didn't start him is that he had not been throwing more than five innings. And he'd been throwing a ton of pitches, like three straight starts before yesterday, 98 to 114 pitches in all three starts, and no more than five innings. So extremely inefficient. I just figured at the at Houston and home against the Yankees, this was not going to be a good week for Skaggs. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, the, the low pitch count because he got uh, he didn't get a lot of strikeouts yesterday. It worked to his benefit. But what do you make of Skaggs at 68% owned? Trust the process. You made the right decision. I am going to start Skaggs on a semi-regular basis, but not when he has two starts against the Astros and Yankees. Yeah. So is he under owned at 68%? Probably for a two-start week, even if it's a – yeah, he he probably is. I would put him in the same same range as Gosman. I think Gosman maybe has a little more upside in points because I still don't think Skaggs throws a ton of innings. Um, but I think Skaggs has a little more upside in Roto. It's weird because – if I saw either Gosman or Skaggs on waivers in any of my leagues, it's excluding a 10-team league. I am absolutely picking them up. It doesn't sound like you guys are there with them. They, they sound like streamers to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris Stratton, Harlan Garcia, Mike Leak. What, are we seeing anything really interesting here with them? Um, Mike Leak has long been a dependable guy. He will probably be a decent pitcher this season but he's off to an awful start uh, he's not really doing anything right stratton i think he's got one of the highest fly ball rates in baseball yes and somehow and, has not given up a home run i mean he pitches in san francisco so he might be one of those guys that you can just use at home but i wouldn't trust him on the road and harlan i don't think there's anything there okay why can't we call him harleen because <laughs> that's not how you say And Duhar and Harlan are very mad at you, Heath. Harleen is what it says on Baseball Reference. That's all I'm Baseball saying. Reference is dumb. No, Baseball Reference is a great website, but I don't, I really don't think that's how you say it. I've heard it. I watched the game last night. They were saying Harlan. That was the road announcers. Well, yeah, the road announcers just did what you did and looked at it and said, oh, it looks like, looks like Harlan. No, they would have said Jarlin if that were the case. I've heard it as Harlan. Yeah, nobody two games would say Jarlin. Yeah, nobody would say Jarlin. I think I said Jarlin once. Deeply. Sure it's Harlan. Deep leagues. Do you want any of these guys? Franchi Cordero, Mac Williamson, Trevor Cahill, Sal Romano, all owned in 25% of leagues or less. Franchi Cordero, Mac Williamson, Trevor Cahill, Sal Romano. Mac Williamson's ownership needs to go up. And I'm not even certain that he's going to stick or he's going to have a great year, but there's too much power potential there for him to be 18% out. Uh, I feel the same way about Franchi Cordero, even though last night I tweeted that he's more fun than good right you now. Hate, you, you hate it on him last He night. hits the crap out of the ball. He is a super athletic dude, and 
sometimes you just want to bet on that guy, you know? In Roto. Uh, yeah, I mean, in points, his plate discipline's so bad, and I yeah. think he's going to sit at least occasionally against lefties. But in a categories league, I mean, I, I own Franchi uh, in, the, in our five outfield, the Roto League. I, I guess I don't know what happens when everybody's healthy in the outfield. When Margot is back, but one of them will slump and be sitting, and it could vary. Like Franchi's profile, just like Jose Perella, just just like Manuel Margot. I mean, they all kind of lend themselves to that, so I don't think they'll have a hard time finding a guy to sit. Yeah, I'm sorry, Margot is back. I meant when Renfro comes back, uh, toss him right in that list. Fits, yeah. fits with them all. Uh, They've got an approach. Trevor, Ryan Schiff led them all and then left. Trevor Cahill is sort of interesting. Yeah. He was really good with the Athletics last year. Uh, I think it was with the Athletics, right? No, it was with I the think Padres. He was, he was when awful. he was with the when he was with the Padres. He was last awful season. in Kansas City. He was getting a ton of strikeouts, uh, getting a lot of swinging strikes, and he's doing the same thing so far this season. So, yeah, I'm kind of interested in him. I want to see where it goes from here. All right, it's almost time for it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, it's almost time for fantasy regulators. It's almost time for our surprises. It's absolutely time right now to tell you about the Draft app. Going to be playing tonight? You can take my money. Download the Draft app and use the promo code FB today. And when you do that, you'll play in a real money game for free just by using our promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. If you love fantasy baseball, you need to try the Draft app. It's my new favorite app. I love it. I play all the time. Actually having a little bit of withdrawal, so I have not played since Friday. Um, and uh, going to get that going tonight, at least one contest. But you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. They last for just one night. They take only a few minutes. And once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Set it and forget it, and you can win some money. You can beat me. if I, I will challenge uh, my listener, my followers. Big Kane 2 is my username on draft. Draft start at just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. If you want to play head-to-head against one person, if you want to play in a 10-person draft, if you want to do just the night games, just the early games, the entire slate, whatever you want, get on the Draft app or go to draft.com. But the most important thing is using our promo code FB today when you sign up. Again, that promo code is FB today. Get into a real money game for free with that promo code FB today. Hey, what's today's date, guys? April 24th. It's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Dylan Bundy looks like an ace. Yeah, yeah. he does. You know, we've talked a lot about Patrick Corbin. We've talked some, you know, about Dylan Bundy, but he did it again over the weekend against Cleveland with nine strikeouts and six innings. Is Dylan Bundy approaching acehood? You know what's funny is we were spending so much time around this time last year and in the spring paying very close attention to Dylan Bundy's velocity. And it has continued to tick down this season, and we just don't care. And we probably shouldn't because he doesn't really throw his fastball very much anymore. And those secondary pitches, you know, the changeup as a rookie was a real swing and miss pitch. The slider last year was as well, but the changeup took a step back. He's throwing three uh, secondary pitches, and he seems to be throwing them all well. I think that's a very good sign. I moved him up my rankings yesterday to 30th at starting pitcher. He's probably another couple of weeks away from getting into that top 20 ace discussion. Okay. But he's right there in the range with guys that are moving that direction. I'm not trying to start a debate here, but would you rather have um, Cueto or Bundy? 
I would rather have Cueto. You are uh, kind of trying to start a debate. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, probably Cueto, but I, I, I do want to look up. Dylan Bundy has had massive splits when he's pitching on four days rest versus five. Uh, so I'm trying to look that up and stalling while I do it, and it's not working, so let's just move on. Okay, the other thing about Bundy, he has faced Minnesota at Houston, Toronto at Boston, and Cleveland. So he has not had an easy schedule. Um, hey, it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Garrett Cole, Patrick Corbin, and Max Scherzer lead baseball with 49, 48, and 47 strikeouts, respectively. All three, Cole, Corbin, and Scherzer, have sub-two ERAs and a whip of .77 or lower. I'm actually not 100% sure we need to go in-depth on this, but wouldn't you know it, Cole, Corbin, and Scherzer have been the best pitchers in baseball. I, I moved Corbin up right with Bundy. They're right in that same range, waiting to prove that they're aces. It sounds like Garrett Cole is going to win the AL Cy Young, based on what you're telling me. You, that was your bold prediction. Um, that, that, no, that was just my pick. Oh, right. No, it's pretty Sorry. bold. So, Heath, you have Garrett Cole 10th. So does Scott. What's it going to take for him to become top five or six? Uh, he could get to top five or I Honestly, my mood. <laughs> like that range of pitchers, Strasburg, Syndergaard, Carrasco, Grinky, Severino, Cole, DeGrom, Verlander, I I do think it's okay to acknowledge that when you're talking rest of season rankings with pitchers that are that good and that close, that how I feel might just be the difference. All right, yeah, so they're all the same, basically. Yes. Uh, it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Billy Hamilton has five steals. He's on pace for 39 steals in 162 games, which he's not going to play, uh, which would be great for most players, but not good at all for Billy Hamilton, who's having an interesting year. He's scoring a ton of runs. He's actually walking a lot, also striking out a lot, but... You know, this actually was a more impactful one before he stole a base last night because originally he had four steals and was on pace for 30. Now he has five and he's on pace for 39. But he's been he's been pretty much a, a disappointment for his owners, Billy Hamilton. He's been a mess. Yeah. A complete disaster. Yeah. And, and one thing that really concerned me was if they batted him eighth or ninth, would he be able to score runs? Because it, it, ha- it didn't really happen last year, but in 2016, Hamilton batted Seventh, eighth, or ninth, 38 times, and he scored only 18 runs. It's not good. But this year, he's got 15 runs in 21 games. He's got 10 walks. He's just having, he's having a bit of a weird year. It's, it hasn't been entirely a, a disaster, but mostly bad. What do you, what do you think going forward for Hamilton? If I'm looking at this right, he averaged 4.5 plate appearances per game last year, which is really pretty high. He yeah, he's he off batting leadoff almost exclusively. And I know he's come into at least one game as a sub so far this year, but he's averaging 3.6. Yeah. Like, if he averages 4.5 at his on-base percentage, you're thinking he's getting on-base maybe twice a game, but once for sure. Yeah. Like 3.6, the odds are he's not. Yeah, no, it's, not I, good. it's just a bad playing time situation. I He's a better hitter than this. He's not going to keep hitting 175 or whatever, but... He's not going to live up to the price that you probably paid for him as a steal specialist. And he could steal two bases tonight and be on pace for a ton, you know. It could yeah. happen. But. All right, hey, uh, it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Didi Gregorius is the number two hitter in fantasy behind Mike Trout, and Didi leads MLB in RBIs. He has 24. He hit his seventh home run of the season, and all seven have come at home. However, last year, Gregorius was much better on the road than he was at home, believe it or not. 
But uh, right now, Didi Gregorius is the number two hitter behind Mike Trout and leads baseball with 24 RBIs. Your reaction? Wait, did did he long again last night? Yeah, he grand slammed. I I did a thing. Uh, he was going to be my big. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Very good. He was going to be my biggest surprise because he's actually hitting the ball hard. Would you like to hear something? First time in his career. Delightful. Yes. Uh, his average home run distance is 376 feet. That is so disgusting. That's bad, right? Uh, most yes. 200 and let's see, 202 players uh, have a longer average home run distance than him. Who ha- how many have a lower? Uh, about seventy. Oh. Well, no, no. But about we, but we do 20, know about eighteen because a bunch of guys haven't hit home runs yet. But we do know if you're a left-handed hitter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it might they not count. matter for him. They count all the same. Like yeah. that 345 foot home run that he hit early in the season. That that's four points. A dong. It's a dong. Six points, I guess. All right. So, is he? I think on a per game basis, he probably was a top five shortstop last year. Is Didi Gregorius a top five shortstop? I moved him up in my ranking yesterday to number eight. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's Machado, Correa, Turner, Lindor. This is points. I'm sure Turner's number one for you in Roto. Um, Seeger, Bregman, Segura, Didi. These are really good players. Um, and then yeah. after that, Paul DeYoung, Xander Bogart, Bogart's. Uh, shortstop's not so bad. Yeah, I might, <laughs> um, I might take Xander Bogarts over him when healthy, given the the changes that he made to his approach this offseason and the the impacts they were having. But it's that's not a knock on TD Gregorius. Yes, in, in um, honesty, I didn't actually move him up. I just dropped uh, Andrews. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's he's number eight. He's very good. All right, hey, uh, it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Joey Votto has one extra base hit. It's a double. Does have 10 walks in his last eight games, though. Is anybody getting concerned yet yet about Joey Votto? This is where you Chris, talk. You're the Joey Votto guy, Chris. Oh, are we supposed to respond to that question? Yes, you're supposed to respond to that question. Without is without my, being... Is my response not... Uh... Not telling the story I think about a, how I feel. A better question uh-huh. might be, and I don't know what his average exit velocity is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Chris could tell us that very shortly. Uh, he has a 27% hard contact rate early in the year, which can be unreliable this early in the year. His 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 exit velocity is Joey Votto currently has an expected batting average of 331. That was not that was not and question. an expected slugging percentage of 517. Expected. Based on StatCast data. I'm just going to say, like, I'm not worried about Votto either. When the last time we talked about it, he wasn't walking. The fact that he's drawn 10 walks in his last eight games is great. But I will also say he's, what, 34? And weren't we basically saying the same exact thing about Miguel Cabrera last year? Yep. Sure. And, look, Joey Votto may ruin your season, but... He's the kind of guy I would rather have him ruin my season than trade him too early. Agreed. Yeah. But are you, do you want to actively try to acquire Votto now? Yes. Okay. Uh, hey, it's April 24th and wouldn't you know, Mitch Hanniger is tied for second in baseball in home runs. And look at the, look at the leaders. Mike Trout is number one and then number two, a, a four-way tie between Manny Machado, Charlie Blackman, and Bryce Harper and Mitch Hanniger. 
he is in that that class. And right now, Haniger is batting three twenty four with eight homers. And his first twenty one games of two thousand seventeen, he had a ten fifty five OPS. He batted three forty two with four homers, and then he hurt his oblique, and he wasn't the same. What do you think about Mitch Haniger? One of the best surprises thus far. He is twenty second in the league in average exit velocity. He is. 18th in the league in barrels. He's top 20 in batted balls hit at least 95 miles per hour. Is this legit or, or is this an obvious sell I, high? I think it's legit. And if you want to measure what the public opinion is, I did a lot of uh, Twitter polls yesterday. This guy or this guy, rest of season. And I did Mitch Hanniger and Ronald Acuna. Who would you rather have on your roster in a points league? Hanniger got 49% of the vote. Acuna or Haniger? Is that what you said? Yes. Interesting. What would you? Who would you rather have? I would rather have Haniger. I think Chris would rather have Acuna. Yeah, I think like fifty-fifty is pretty good. I think that's that's a good call because we expect Acuna up at some point, any day now. Do your thing. What Ronald Acuna could be anything. Well, no, he I, could even be twenty-second in baseball, and he a, could right, like he could. You would expect him to be as good or. As talented as Mitch Haniger has looked to be this season, but we, this isn't the only time we've ever seen Mitch Haniger either. Uh, hey, it's April 24th, and wouldn't you know that Mike Zanino, who just came off the DL, has as many home runs as Evan Gaddis. Gaddis is batting 205 with one home run. Yeah, I'm sad about Evan Gaddis. <laughs> Me too. Evan Saddis. I, you know what? Like, I'm not so worried about him performing. I'm worried about him losing his everyday DH role. He is, I think he's DHing basically every single day, and he's just been terrible. He's been awful. Uh, I'm I until they bench him, I'm probably not benching him because he's a catcher. Sure. No, he, I think he scored like 16 fantasy points last week. It doesn't take much. Hits one home run, he's gonna have a good week for a catcher. Uh, 16 fantasy points will be bad for every position other than catcher. So yeah, you got to be patient. But uh I guess they, they don't have, like, such get, obvious replacements for him, right? Marwin, like, Reddick's probably going to sit against lefties, so that helps. They've got a lot of dudes who aren't hitting either. It's true. Yeah, they haven't, yeah. Like, Marwin's not hitting at all so far, right? No. And I think Gaddis is still a top 12 catcher. Let me just check the yeah, but play. Yeah, I'm, I'm ranked 19th a catcher. <laughs> he is 11th. He's, he's playing mostly every day, not every day. Alrighty, um, hey, wouldn't you know, we got two more. It's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Nomar Mazzara, Adrian Beltre, and Joey Gallo, the heart of the Rangers order, Mazzara, Beltre, and Gallo, they all have an OPS under 800. Two of those guys are disappointing. And the other is who? Nomar Mazzara. Oh. Like, we, we were hoping for the breakout, but this was the most likely outcome. He, he hasn't been very good so far in his career. He continues to hit the ball relatively hard right into the dirt just behind home or just in front of home plate. And it just until that changes, until he finds a way to elevate the ball, he's going to continue to be disappointing. He's going to continue to look like he should be a lot better than he is. Joey Gallo has a 222 Babbitt. I'm not worried about him at all. I will buy all of the chairs of Joey Gallo that you're but selling. What is his Babbitt going to be? Isn't he going to be a low Babbitt guy? 260. Yeah, I mean, it was 250 last year. It was, his career is 256. I would guess it's probably in the 260, 270 range, uh, which would be extremely low. I mean, for I guess, a major league player. Here's the most amazing thing. Joey Gallo right now, 
is the number four first baseman in points leagues and number five in Roto. And I'm thinking first base has just been a little disappointing. But also, no. I, I think that he is so interesting because, like, he, I, I'm just very curious to see what a 220 hitter with a ton of home runs ends up as, you know, in the rankings in fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, He'll I don't be, know. If he plays all year, he will be top 10. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's looking like a, I would say he's probably looking more like a 230, 240 hitter with 45 homers, 200 combined runs in RBI, and probably 10 steals. He's really good. I'm not worried about Joey Gallo. Now, the, the fantasy ranking is a little inflated because the Rangers are the only team in baseball, seemingly, who have not had, like, eight games rained out. So he's played 24 games already. Ah, okay, okay. All right, guys, one more here, and then I want to get to your surprises. It's April 24th, and wouldn't you know, Paul Goldschmidt has not attempted a stolen base. And Goldschmidt is the number three first baseman in points leagues, but number eight in Roto. He's batting just 278. He has a good walk-to-strikeout ratio, great walk-to-strikeout ratio, 17 walks, 25 Ks. But no steals, and all four of his home runs have come on the road. He has been bad in Humidorville in Arizona. So what do you make of Paul Goldschmidt? No steals and bad at home so far. What does that mean to you? He sucks. Well, obviously he doesn't. He's fine. Is he he a first-round pick if we drafted today? Because he was like, you know, 10th, 12th. No. I had him exactly. I think I had him 12th or 13th, but it's a no. So he's a little lower? It's hard to say, like— he probably didn't get a lot slower in the offseason. If you were sitting there with the number 12 pick and Paul Goldschmidt and Aaron Judge are both available, who are you taking? I would probably take Judge, but and that's a change. I think I'd take Machado, too. Yep. Um, yeah, one thing about Goldschmidt is that he stole, I think, 18 bases last year, and he stole six of them in the final four months. So he stopped running, but that also happened in 2015. He stole five bases after the All-Star break, and then he stole 32 bases in 2016. So I didn't think – I didn't make much of it. But maybe it's a continuation. It's early. Steals can come in bunches. Surprise, surprise! Who Give me one hitter and one pitcher who have surprised you thus far this year. Chris, why don't you start it off? Give me a hitter. How about A.J. Pollock turning into an all-or-nothing power hitter through the first three weeks of the season? That's pretty surprising. Uh, he was, I believe, a swing change guy. And, you know, we might be, we might be seeing those, those changes taking place. He's, um, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball in the air more often. And, you know, it's come at the expense of some of his plate discipline. His swing strike rate is almost double what it's, uh, what it's been for most of his career. And that might just be the, the trade off we have to live with is that he's not quite a contact guy anymore, but, you know, the results overall are still pretty good. So we're talking about A.J. Pollock. As pointed out by one of our tweeters, Josh, the only player that has at least five home runs and five steals this year. That is – well, that's not true anymore. Mike Trout stole two bases last night, so he's on that list. <laughs> um, and so is Trevor Story, who stole his fifth. Okay, so in, in fairness to Josh, he tweeted this before Trevor Story and Mike Trout joined the club. But how about that? Three players have five, at least five and five. They are Mike Trout, A.J. Pollock, and Trevor Story. That is, uh, that's pretty interesting. Actually, Trevor Story, I was looking at the StatCast leaderboards for sprint speed, and he, I think, was like third at shortstop. 
in terms of uh, maximum sprint speed, which is surprising Wow, for a lot of reasons. Let me tell you something about Trevor Story. I brought this up. Let me, t- let me tell you a little Trevor Story. I brought this up before the year, right before the year. I love the idea of owning two shortstops in a daily league. It, it's got to be the right two, okay? And sitting Trevor Story on the road and starting him at home. It is happening all over again. He has been incredible at home, and he has been terrible on the road, much like he was in 2016, which was his breakout year. We had 235 on the road and 313 at home, which was his rookie year. Um, I, I, I'm going to do that as often as I can. To put a number to the AJ Pollock thing, his average launch angle last year was about eight degrees, which was, um, about 25th percentile in the majors. And this season it is 15 degrees, which is about the 70th percentile. So he has, Increased his launch angle a lot. All right, Heath, give me a uh, surprise hitter. I'll go with Mike Moustakas, and I did not have a lot of hope for him. He was one of those guys that signed late and did not get paid. And there's been some talk that he's uh, been pretty motivated by that. You talk about the StatCast speed leaderboard. I think he's one of the biggest speed gainers, which last year he's coming off an injury. That makes sense. But also, he's never been a guy that was in – I don't know – what the best shape of he, Mike Moustakas' life is? He's a he's a, a big beefy boy. He the best shape of his life might have been like twelve, but it might be this year. And he is hitting the ever living crap out of the baseball. Ever living or ever loving? Ever living. No, it's ever loving. You got that it, wrong. It wouldn't the 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 ball wouldn't be ever living after he hits it. it. So he's hitting it out of it. You're just like, but that's not a thing. Ever living is not a thing. Ever loving, ever living is a thing. You're not from the Midwest. You don't know Adam. <laughs> Mustakas is fourth. Know about in, those KC idioms. He's fourth in points. He's third in Roto. Would you rather have Mustakas or Devers? I'll still take Devers. Okay. Mustakas or Donaldson. I I would rather have Donaldson, but I get the question. Mustakas or Beltre? Moose. All right, all right. You got to move him up in your rankings. By the way, if you I'm check, going to. if you check the rankings, everybody, Scott and Heath do not have the opportunity to change them every day. So just there's always a, a note on when it's updated. Just keep that in mind. All right, Heath, how about a surprising pitcher? A surprising, like, like we've talked about so many of the guys that I had lined up to talk about. Uh, Dylan Bundy has completely shocked me with what he's done. Patrick Corbin has been incredible but i'll say jose barrios because i had high hopes for jose barrios coming into the year i still do i didn't have hopes that were quite this high he has his control has been incredible the strikeouts are good enough and he's pitching so deep into games three of his four starts have gone at least seven innings like Uh, 200 innings might be selling him short yeah, Barrios off to a great start. All right, so Barrios is surprised, Heath. And Chris, real quick, give me a surprising pitcher. Uh, Nick Pavetta, guy that I liked, but the the depth of his improvements with the uh, with the breaking pitches. There was a really good piece in the Athletic yesterday about the development of his curveball. He also started throwing a changeup uh, on. I think Saturday was when he made his last start. Got a couple of whiffs on Gregory Polanco with that. He looks like a nude pitcher, and when you can throw 95, 98 miles an hour, anything that can make the hitters have to think for a half a second gives you a big advantage. 
he throws the ever living crap out of the ball. He he does throw the ever living crap out of the ball. It just doesn't sound The ball right. continues to live. It's not a thing after he releases it because Mike Mustakas hasn't faced him yet. Uh, we're gonna finish the show with. Um, I wanted to get the the su- listener surprises in there, but we're running out of time. I want to be fantasy regulators. We have to be fantasy regulators. We also have to do team name Tuesday. Here we go. Despagne West. That's good. It is good. Slide into your DLs. Yes. Doll the Warrior King. I don't get that one. I don't get that one either. Cool story, bro. Ch- like like cool. Chad, Chad Cool? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And Trevor Story, I guess. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Here's one that has to be sung. Uh, I don't know if I could hit these notes right now. Near, far, Miguel and Duhar. <laughs> that's, that's very good. <laughs> Yo Quintana Taco Bell. Return oh. of the back. Back Williamson, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. Do little too late. I yeah. like that one. I'm bringing Sevy back. That's what they call sure. Severino. The Ichiro and Scratchy show. I like that Very one. Very good. Yep. Walk the Lino. Very good. Very good. Neris Bueller. Excellent. And Panic at the Descalso. We've probably had that one, but that is good. All right. So thank you for a wonderful round of Team Name Tuesday. Fellas, um, you know, we get some emails sometimes, stuff going down in leagues. There's <laughs> no cursing in this, is there? Yep, there is. All right. I, mean, <laughs> I typed in the karaoke version, man. And uh, Fantasy Baseball at CBSI. Come on. You're supposed to be karaoke. All right, anyway. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com is our email address. Let's read a couple of emails and let's regulate. Michael from Omaha. I have a league member trying to vote against the trade purely because he wants one of the players in the trade and doesn't want me to get him. I've heard it said on the podcast that voting against trades for such a reason is bad for him. I'm having a difficult time explaining why it is bad. I've told him that the voting is to avoid collusion and cheating, not because you think somebody won the trade. If you could give me a good explanation I could give my league mate, that would be awesome. No, there is no good explanation, Michael. What you have heard from me is that voting on trades is bad form, not voting for a specific reason. And when you have voting on trades, you lose the authority to tell someone why or what they're voting for. I'm sorry, Michael. What? Are you kidding me right now? The the regulation here needs to be that by next year, don't have this stupid voting on trades in your league. I'm so angry with you right now. We are trying to help Michael out, and you really hurt him. And – because of your terrible answer, Heath, you might let a, a fantasy baseball travesty happen in this league. So I'm going to set the record straight right now. Michael, your league mate is a crybaby. He is a loser. Yeah. He is a whiny little crybaby. It is He cannot vote against the trade because it doesn't work for him and because it works yeah, better for can't. you. Michael, tell no, your league can't. mate to, uh, to empty his gigantic poopy diaper. You know, what? <laughs> you know what? People suck. And letting people vote on trade sucks. Don't do it. Fine, but but they are allowed to vote on trades. You need to be then, responsible then with that vote. Stop trying to act like everyone's Heath, under some moral authority to vote under for only one reason. I wasn't necessarily expecting Heath to make a uh, an explicit endorsement of fascism on today's podcast, but I can't say I'm surprised either. <laughs> okay. No voting. Um, from Eric, he has a DL roster question. A team in my league has Jeff Samarja. 
He didn't activate Samarja when he came off the DL last Friday. Now it's Monday, and he still has not activated Samarja, holding this healthy player on his disabled list spot. In my opinion, this is an illegal roster. This team is rostering an extra healthy player. A player should need to be dropped from his team and put in the waiver pool. Instead, this team is hoarding an extra player who would be owned by another team if made available. Everyone yeah. in my league seems to think this is a strategy. I disagree. What do you think? I always I, struggle with these like strategy questions. It's the same thing. It, it's kind of the same thing. I got a question yesterday, and we get it every once in a while. Should I just not start a catcher? I, if it's not explicitly against the rules, I guess you can do it. But this, he's yeah, off the it's, DL. It's cheap. Okay, here's the thing. But we see this all the time in the actual majors where a guy, like a starting yep. pitcher, gets held off the DL until his turn in the rotation. But he's all, this, he's already made his turn in the rotation. He's off the another, DL. Another example of bad commissionering. I don't know who the commissioner of your league is, Eric, but there is a setting not on CBS Sports that requires that someone be moved off the DL once they are no longer on the DL. That setting is... Clearly not. I don't being think used. he's in a CBS. I, I actually responded to Eric and I said you can't do this in CBS. And yeah, that's well the you right can. Well, no, we have well. leagues where you can. I I have well a player sitting on a deal in a yeah. league right now. That's, that's cheap. Not on the deal. That's cheap. I mean, I'm regulating right now. This the answer to Eric's is terrible. question is just use a CBSSports.com and you can change the. Uh, <laughs> if the league allows. I'm trying so hard to get this music to work. Uh, look, I'm going to regulate. I'm going to say this is ridiculous. Samarja is off the DL. He has already made a start. A new scoring period has begun. This is inexcusable and unacceptable. You get Samarja off the DL. You drop a player. You poopy, diapered, whiny baby. I am regulating today. Eric, I don't think it's nice to call Eric a whiny baby just because he's whining about something he's doing with it, the fantasy baseball roster. the Samarja owner. Well, he's the only one that's whined to us. He's not whining. He's asking a question. I'm the one who's whining. <laughs> All right, now we finish with emails. and uh, Azer's diaper is full right now. A look at today's matchups. Michael in Charlotte says, Trial and error is fantastic. Thank you for the recommendation. You're very welcome. And I think Brockmeyer is on, like, tomorrow or something. But, uh, Chris, you'll like Trial and Error. It's the best show I've seen in years. Okay. Uh, what's up with Matt Carpenter and Nick Castellano? Should I be concerned? I thought Castellano was actually doing sort of well. Uh, Carpenter, uh, I think he's kind of doing... The same thing he did last year. I think he's Nick Castellanos. Man, um, Detroit had the worst weather, I think, of any team in baseball, and they are all starting to come out of it now. Carpenter yeah, I mean, he's terrible. hitting 309 but with a 375 BABIP. He only has one home run, so the power hasn't been there. Um, hard hit numbers look great again, but but they're not real. Who knows? Um I'm significantly less worried about Matt Carpenter. I will buy any Matt Carpenter shares that you want to give up on. He has a 213 BABIP. Uh, even last year when he had the worst BABIP of his career, it was 274. And he hit Once 241. that normalizes, he's going to be fine. But the he had 241. Like what, what, I'm sorry, Heath, but look, I, I tend to agree, Chris. I just, I do wonder if we have given too many excuses to Matt Carpenter. He was really good last year. He wasn't. He batted two forty one. He had thirty five OPS. Yeah, he, he, he's, but it's all. But it's so much of it is on base percentage, which is like the most useless thing when you're looking at OPS. I mean, he's not homering. He doesn't steal any bases. He's he's not like I like Matt Carpenter a lot, but I do wonder if we're giving him too much of a leash, especially in a, in a points league. No, buy absolutely buy low. In a categories league, he might be. Over, right. We might be overriding but, him. Okay, so last year he hit two forty one. Yes, that happened. 
but he had a 274 Babbitt. And part of that was the result of a swing change where he was trying to elevate the ball too much, probably got under the ball too much. But still, 274 Babbitt is too low. He probably should have hit probably 270 last year. If he hits 270 with 23 homers and 91 runs, and you could probably toss on a few extra RBI from the 69 he had, but even if he just had 69, that's that's a that's a fairly a nice, nice stat line. It's not that uh, 69 RBIs for a first baseman. That's going to well, be one of the worst. Nine, 91 runs, 23 home runs, 270. Like that's, that's, that's a starting caliber player. 23 home runs for a first baseman. I don't even know if that's top 20 last year. I actually like to find out. But again, like I'm not talking about each. Like I'm not. I don't want to buy low on, on a guy we, who is top 20. Right. I don't think last year was the best version of Matt Carpenter that we could possibly see either. Yeah, I know. I just I'm starting to to wonder if we're just being too nice to Matt Carpenter. Um, and that, yeah, he's got an eight percent soft contact rate so far this year. He has increased his line drive rate and lowered his fly ball rate, like he said he was going to. There's really no reason for his BABIP to be this bad. I have no concerns. Any player you have, Matt Carpenter, send Chris an offer and send me an offer, and then we will send you a counter that's an actual real offer. Yeah, I think we got a really bad Matt Carpenter offer yesterday, actually. Somebody sent us an Azer offer. Well, listen, I have no concerns about Matt Carpenter either. I just wonder if how good the Matt, how good Matt Carpenter is in categories leagues. That's, that's where I go. He's certainly better in OBP. But, you know, that's, I think, where I'm coming from. We had him ranked as a really high-end corner infielder or a really low-end first baseman in Roto. And so that's what I think he is. Heath, did you see the terrible trade offer we got yesterday? Wait, I, no. I'm sorry. I have got to move the show along. Uh, this is from Taylor because we're almost out of time. Rank these guys rest of season. Moncada, Daniel Murphy, Glaber Torres, Javi Baez, and number one, Machado. So Machado won. Moncada, Murphy, Glaber Torres, Javi Baez. Uh, Murphy. And then... Murphy, Moncada, Baez, Torres. Sure. Yeah, Torres has got to go there. From A Banter, rank these Yanks in a 12-team head-to-head categories league. Hicks and Duhar, Torres, and then last place, Tyler Austin. Hicks and Duhar Torres, how would you rank? Really servicing Yankee only leagues now. That's a weird question. Hey, this is your chance. No. Torres okay. and Duhar, Hicks, Austin. Um, and I, and yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Like only, but for me only because Torres is a shortstop. If you're just saying who's going to be a better hitter the rest of the year, I go and Duhar, Torres, Hicks, Austin. Would you drop Acuna, Mancada? I actually don't know who he means. I would assume both. Or Kingery. Or Kingery. Oh, there, I thought that was a team name. I think There's that, no comma. That was actually, yeah, Acuna, comma, Moncada. He meant to put a comma. Or Kingery for those guys. You know what? Forget it. This is too long. I'm sorry. No. I, I would not drop any of those guys for any, any Yankee. of the Yankees guys. Um, Curtis wants to know if you're worried about Matt Olson. A little bit. Yeah, more worried about him than I am Carpenter. I'd rather have Matt Carpenter, Curtis. Yeah, that was part of his question, too. And Matt from Annapolis, would you drop Michael Franco for Christian Villanueva in a dynasty league? Sure. <laughs> Stop trying to make Michael Franco happen, Heath. I'm not going to ever give up on you, Michael. That, that was a uh, uh, Mean Girls reference? Uh, yes. All right, we're going to do the matchup super, super quickly. Would you start Marco Gonzalez or Chris Volstad? Really? No. Chris Volstad? 
I'm not nope, terribly nope. worried about Marco Gonzalez against the White Sox, so I might start him there. Did you see what they just did to Mike Leak? Tyler Chatwood at Josh Tomlin. Uh, no. I'll start Chatwood. Barrios, yes. Uh, uh, Barrios, yes. I mean, right? At Sabathia. Would you start either one? Yeah, you're starting Barrios, but it's going to be fascinating. It's scary. It's we're, really- we're going to start a dialogue after tonight's start. It's really, really scary. If he's, if he's good tonight, I might come in in a Jose Barrios jersey tomorrow. <laughs> you're not on the show tomorrow. I, well, I'm still going to come to the office. I, I do things here besides this podcast. I'm not in the office tomorrow, so what? it's fine if All he right. does well. Uh, Brandon McCarthy at Tyler Malley. Uh, yes, yeah, start McCarthy. I'd probably start McCarthy. Jordan Zimmerman at Chad Cool. No, uh, neither. No, no. Robbie Ray at Vince Velasquez. Start yep. both. Yep, yep. Jake Faria at Alex Cobb. Start Faria. <sighs> Yeah, I'd rather start McCarthy than Faria, but I, I'll start Faria, probably. Alright, Rick Porcello at J-Hap. I would start Porcello. Yeah, yeah, I would start Hap. Points. Yeah. He's probably a two-star pitcher. I so. think I'd start Hap over Faria. Okay. Really? Okay. Uh, Andrew Triggs at Cole Hamels. I would start Hamels. Yeah, me too. Are you starting both Shohei Otani and Charlie Morton? Yes. Yeah. Zach Weaver at Luke Weaver. Zach Wheeler at Luke Weaver. Uh, I'll start both. Both. Zach Davies, Ian Kennedy. I'd prefer to not start either. Nope. Oh, what is wrong with me? I did not mention Eric Lauer is pitching tonight. And he's pitching at Colorado. But do we need to pick up Eric Lauer? I think it's just a spot start. But he could, I mean, clearly... Continue filling time, please. I mean, Eric Lauer is a good prospect for the Padres. Yes, first round pick in 2016 has a career through. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know all that much about Eric Lauer, but he does look like a good prospect. Um, I probably wouldn't start him in his major league debut. No, but I do think it's worth adding him. I, I have been searching to see if there's anything. Oh, about he's at this. cores. No, yeah, right. Don't start him. But, but it's worth adding him. I don't see anything where it says this is just one start, and they really only have one good pitcher, yeah. Joey Lucchese, and yeah. he's made five starts in his career. So, oh yeah, this should there's room. If if you show signs of life on that team, you've got a chance. Dylan Peters, no. Kenta Maeda, yes. Tanner Roark at tie block. Roark, yes. Block, no. Yep, yep. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball today.